Hello and welcome, and thank you for joining. I'm your host, Seth Haskin. I started this podcast to dive deeper into the ways we know one another and God. The goal of the goal of this podcast is to ask the question, how God loves. I invite people from many walks of life to join me on this adventure. As we dive deeper into personifying God, we can bring him into our three-dimensional world, but we also have to understand that he cannot fully be understood and thus is in the foreign dimension. I would love to welcome and thank our guest today. He's a junior media productions major. He is a rising actor, well, at least to me and his department, with aspirations to act professionally. He is the man behind me helping me with this podcast, with recording and some editing. Welcome our guest, the man, the myth, the one who can listen to a song once and remember all the lyrics, Kale Cox. (laughs) All right, Kale, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, First off, thanks for having me. I've been sitting here for hours and hours listening to you put these on and to be able to do it now super exciting i know it is so and we're around the same age so yeah i know this just works out mm-hmm. um yeah so i am my name is kale i'm from small town kansas talking like 100 people in my hometown small wow and i so. thought my town was small <laughs> with like a thousand yeah no i, I mean that's still small but yeah <laughs> not small small town yeah we're like everybody absolutely knows everybody grew up on a farm most people did or at least were around it so i've always had like a lot of work to do cuz you know farming isn't like most jobs it's mm-hmm. it's there's no set hours Nope. Like you could be up at 3 a.m. like loading ca- loading hogs or something or you could be done by 1 in the afternoon cuz there's just nothing to do the rest of the day. It's it's crazy. So that's what I grew up doing and then little did I know my I would be a fourth generation student at Bethel after coming to visit like twice. It it's one of those things cuz it's like you never want to go where your parents went. And then they're like, well, check it out. And you're like, fine. So you go check it out and you're like, oh, I get it now. I, I, that makes sense to me. Plus, don't generational uh, uh, students get a little bit of a discount? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah. It's always a benefit. So, yeah, it's it's a big switch. Holy cow. It's such a big switch going from that small town stuff to being in the twin cities. Yeah. And then at Bethel, it's still small class sizes. Imagine if you went to like the U of M. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> my oldest brother went to KU, Kansas University. And like, that's insane to me. I couldn't imagine. Class sizes of like a hundred or more. Yeah. Like we have one lecture hall. They probably have one hall Hundreds. that's not a lecture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a big change, but, like, it was something I was definitely ready for, you know, experiencing something completely different, you know, the city life. Like, it's always intrigued me. Like, I've gone on trips to Minnesota because I have family from here or, to like, Kansas City, but to actually, like, live in it, completely different. Yeah. So, anything else besides small town times? Um, Besides small town times, well, I've been watching movies um, like the entirety of this month. Like, <laughs> I've probably watched enough movies to fill each day of the month. 
Hey, I know you're a movie buff, so, so <laughs> that and music, so yeah. The, but then again, that's your major, so yeah, like it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you're I just mean, doing homework. Exactly. That's not homework. Exactly. <laughs> like if you're a if you're a pastoral studies or whatever the major is, like ministry, you're gonna read a little bit of the Bible here and there. You here know? and there. Gonna watch a few movies here and there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, are you enjoying your major? Media productions. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot to enjoy about it. I think it's cool because everybody else who's in the major, like that's what they chose. Like you are dedicating four years of your life to studying this one thing, so that you can do it for the rest of your life. That's crazy. <laughs> I it's it's such a big difference from. Once again, going back to small town stuff, but like nobody, nobody does that. Yeah. Everyone's like a jack of all trades. Yeah. Like we don't have theater. Our school didn't have theater. So to think of like working on movies or acting in general, it was like a, a like ease of tension coming here. Cause like finally I get to do what I want. And with every other student who's just like all in on it. Oh, it makes the world a difference, especially with the profs, too, because not only have they done it, like they've worked in the field, but now they're teaching you how to do it, too. Yeah. So why did you choose media? Because you said you like this is something you're like, ah, I get to do what I want. So what made you want to do it? Um, I like to say it was seeing Iron Man. The first one? The first one. Yeah, we had it on DVD. And I would watch it on... It's archaic now. Yeah. DVDs. DVD. <laughs> joking. That? Never heard of her. Never heard of her. <laughs> um, but we, we would watch that. The first time I watched it was in the car, actually driving to Minnesota. Or no, from Minnesota back home. I got it for Christmas in like 2000... What would that have been? 2009, probably? Yeah. Into nine? Mm, yeah. Because yeah. it came out in 2008, and then... Probably yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Came out the same year as the Black Pearl. Yeah. Wow. That's over a decade ago. First <laughs> of the Black Pearl. Sorry. Let me rephrase. Yeah. So I I kind of accredit it to that. But then also um, my late grandpa, when we were up here in Minnesota in 2012, he took us to see the Avengers and we missed, we showed up five minutes late. So we missed like the intro. And he felt so bad. And so he took us to see it again the next day. So there's just something about that, like, special memory that you, like, always will have in your head Mm -hmm. that I think sort of shapes your desires in life and, like, the things that you want to work on and what you're passionate about. So that's definitely, like, how that mark came into my life. But then also (laughs) there was a big stint where I was like, I want to do interior design and architecture. Why not? Because I, <laughs> it's because I had been watching HGTV. Oh my god! I love HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it was sort of a blend, actually, of the things that I liked. Because it was like this is a filmed version of my other dream job. Mm-hmm. It's like combining the two best things I could imagine. <laughs> Boom! Together. There you go. So maybe that's like. A lifelong goal. Like once I hit retirement, I'm like, I could retire or 
I'll get an HGTV show. <laughs> <laughs> so besides uh, media productions and interior design, um, you act. Yeah. So yeah. how is that? Uh, <laughs> it's a blast. Um, we just wrapped production on a short film recently for a class. It's called um, Eyes of God. Mm-hmm. I did it with Peter Krakovic, who's... Um, well known here at Bethel, uh, he directed it. Him and I like co-wrote the screenplay. It's about the true testimony of a student here from Bethel, and that's the first time I've ever um, had to portray a real person, which is so different from anything else. Because, like, in other things that I've worked on, they're imaginary characters, mm-hmm. and so. There's, like, a bit more freedom to how you put that performance on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just be yourself because then you're not performing in any way. But it's still a different level between being this person, Noah, versus this random character who doesn't exist. It's a lot more pressure, too. Because mm-hmm. you're representing their testimony. Yeah. Their life. Like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So... Y- there's like a big level of respect that you have to have, mm-hmm. which is kind of terrifying, but also super fun. But you also did a a short film with uh, World War Two question mark World War One World War One yeah. got it yeah um that th- that's kind of like an in between it's like a mix because it's based on like semi real events like World War One obviously happened mm-hmm. but like the specifics of what we have. In, our, in this story of Trench is what it's called. It's like, it probably happened. It's it's literally about um, an American soldier who is, like, running, and he goes down into a trench. And then the only other person there is this, like, same age, young German soldier. And that's who I was. So it's like, there's a level of reality in it. Because those people, like, they definitely exist. And so it's also, it helps you get into the mindset of the actor, especially when you're playing somebody who, like, you could have been. If I lived all those years ago, that could have been me. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, that's probably my favorite thing that I've done because they dressed us up. Everything was authentic. So I had, like, a legitimate World War One. German uniform, a real gun. There was no ammo on set. Smart. But, like, just holding it all and feeling the realism of it just throws you into that character. Mm-hmm. Having that environment, too, being in, you were actually in a dug trench. Yeah. With all the costuming and the props. And then you were actually speaking German, too. So it was just like, you were, you were entrenched yeah. <laughs> uh, in all of the uh, variables that go into creating a movie and character. Yeah, because like you said, I was speaking German, and we had dialect coaches on site. So like, I trained with them a, a little while before we went and shot, but like, that's, it was the first real quote-unquote production I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing, like, the level of authenticity that goes into it and, like, passion that goes into it, it was, like, a big step up for me and a big, like, 
realization of how the industry really works, which I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, but there's it's also a lot. Like a dream come true. There's a lot that goes into it, definitely. Yeah. So, I know that you know that we on this show talk about relationships. Ooh, yeah. I would hope you'd know. Yeah. You've, been, you, <laughs> you've been behind scenes for how long now? Um, no. Um, so my first question always is, what comes to mind when you hear the word relationship? Yeah. Um, for me, I think relationship is a very broad term. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that comes to mind in terms of like a definition would be like a relationship on any level of intimacy that you have with another individual or with an activity. Because mm-hmm. I think there's definitely like, you can have a relationship with something that you do. Like I can have a relationship with acting or LeBron James can have a relationship with basketball. Mm -hmm. Like you can have that. You can have it with reading the Bible. Like there can be a relationship for anything, but I think it especially is noticed and like obviously mostly talked about in the personal sense, like person to person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's a mixture of um, physical and emotional. You don't have to have both, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do. Do you think? Mm, I think. <clears throat> I think you can be in relationship to something. Um, for me personally, I think that. I think a an, a relationship in the sense of human connection would be it, it it is hard because we're in an age where you can text someone and never meet them and be yeah. in a relationship quote unquote um but I think it's so weird to think about that <laughs> cuz it I can't put them they're in relationship to one another because they're still getting to know that person but then again we bring up AI. Are we in relationship oh with AI? I mean, we're getting to know AI, and they're getting to know us. So, well, there's literally like there's an app called Replica that has been like oh yeah topping charts. Yep, recently. yep, yep. And it's literally a person who you can talk to, and they have AI generated responses, mm-hmm. and they learn you. They learn you. They learn they your interests. They bur- build a personality. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy because you can also, um, you can form like a romantic relationship with these things Mm -hmm. like that is a feature on this yep which is horrifying (laughs) it can be it can be so i guess it becomes a little murky water to answer your question on like if you can be in a relationship with someone or something if it's not physical or emotional or whatever whatever so i think it's very interesting to think about for sure yeah one of my one of my best friends. I would consider her one of my best friends for sure. I've never met. In like 20, I don't know, probably 2015 or something, I posted a picture on Instagram of me eating at Chick-fil-A. And I used some hashtag involving Chick-fil-A. And this random girl from North Carolina DMs me and she's like, I love Chick-fil-A. I'm like, what? (laughs) 
okay. And then she was like, also, what are your opinions on Broadway musicals? And I was like, oh, I love those. And so just out of nowhere, this person became one of my best friends. Like, we talked every day. And it wasn't, like, just texting. Like, we FaceTimed. We called that sort of thing. And we've talked to each other almost, like, for sure every week since 2015. Wow. And we've never met. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think there's always a little bit of that, like, non-physical relationships. I think I think for me, it's so hard to think about that because then I get into the area of, I think I'm just um, in a relationship with the idea of this person. Mm, yeah. I think that can be the uh, the problem with technological relationships. I mean, especially with romantic ones, I'm in love yeah. with the idea of the ideal of this person that mm-hmm. I, I create because I haven't physically met them and experienced their body language and so on and so yeah. forth. And I mean, FaceTime and stuff is very different, but I still think it's so hard to, and I think that could be said about even physical relationships. I think people can be in love with the idea of people that they interact with on a daily basis Yeah. because I think people are so good at putting out a persona in certain areas of their life. And so I think when we're getting into the topic of what is a relationship, what isn't a relationship, it becomes very murky because um, you can say what isn't a relationship, what is a relationship, and then get an argument with somebody with is, what isn't. So I think it's, it, I think it boils really down to of what, what is the subject of love in that relationship? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be romantic. Yeah. So for the subject of I'm, I'm in love with the idea of that person, Yeah. you know, or I'm in love with the, the um, personality of that person or and then of course there's like a hundred percent like uh love where it's just like i'm in love with all of that person no matter what and i think that's a great demonstration of god's love so well here's here's the other thing some people can think exactly that they can think oh i'm completely in love with all of this person but you don't see the person 24 mm-hmm. 7 so like just in the same way where if i got off FaceTime with somebody, they could be a completely different person as soon as it's off. Just like we're talking to each other right now. If you left, I could be a completely different person. Yep. And it's one of those things that you may never know. So it it takes a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. A lot of trust. Indeed. And a lot of honesty. Yeah. I think it'd be very hard... To do that in a physical relationship, though. Yeah. Um, especially if you're in proximity to each other. Yeah. Um, because of context collapse. Context mm-hmm. collapse being like you have multiple faces, and when those multiple faces end up in the same space, that's context collapse. Basically, yeah. like, how do I act around all these people that I act around differently? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a lot harder to do in person than it is on technology. Yeah. Because you're able to pick and choose what times, when you can see, when you answer. Yeah. So, yeah. That was... I love that. (laughs) That's so fun. So I think think there's something to be talked about, and I'm pretty sure I'll talk about it later, is, um, you know, one of the topics that I want to talk about on the show is... Falling in love with the idea of someone and how that can impact 
way we believe relationships. And so I think it's very interesting because now we're getting into philosophy and that's a, that's a whole nother category of yeah. thought. So, um, besides all that, <laughs> um, conversation, um, what, what do you envision when you see a relationship with God? What is your interpretation? Um, from my perspective of like the relationship that I would have with God versus the relationship God has with me. And I'll get into that in a second. Okay. For me, it, it all hinges on worship. Okay. I think so much of, um, what we're not only what we're created to do, but also just like what we should be doing is worshiping. Because, oh my goodness, you get a gift on Christmas that you absolutely love. You thank your parents. And then you continue to thank them and think of them every time that you use whatever that gift is. Mm-hmm. That's the earth for me. <laughs> like, any time I walk outside and I see whether it's the Kansas sunset or the lakes of Minnesota, just, oh my goodness, how could you not be grateful for the beautiful earth that we live on. And there's going to be people who constantly um, talk about how just, like, toxic our world is and how it's falling apart, which, yes, there's legitimacy to that. But you can't only look at the bad all the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's one worship through prayer, Um, even just casual. Like, I think just saying... God, thank you for this. Thank you for the lakes. Thank you for the sunset. Like, that's a prayer. That is a moment where you are stepping out of everything going on and you're focusing solely on God. That That's, that's prayer, at least in my eyes. And then also, I think another big portion of worship is, for me at least, singing, like music. Because, like you said, I'm somebody who can learn a song after, like, one or two listens. I've seen it happen, folks. I've seen it happen. I said, here's a song. Have you ever heard it? No. And he's done it. I was singing it in the middle of the song. <laughs> um, but there's there's something so personal about it. Because a, a human has to write the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And they have to create the structure of the song. They have to choose what notes, what chords the beat, the rhythm, everything. And that is like, it's expressing your emotions in one of the most beautiful ways possible, at least for me. I mean, we consider them to be like the arts. There's there's like film, which, and the, there, sorry, there's film, there's music, and there's like painting, art, like, you know, canvas sort of stuff. Um, among other things. Among a ton of other things. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the three things that come to mind. And music, weirdly enough, even though that's not, like, my, my like, career choice, I think it's the way that I worship the best. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we, on on the project that I just wrapped, uh, Eyes of God, we, we started it out at Vespers, which is our our big worship service that we have every Sunday, twice on every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And this character that I was portraying, 
I had to fake worship, which essentially I was just like. I remember you showing me that scene. Yeah, I was essentially just like looking around at other people, seeing what they were doing and mimicking it, which was the hardest thing I've ever done in acting. I spoke German. I've never, I've never said a word of German in my life. And I had to do it within a couple days. But fake worshiping killed me inside. <laughs> because, like, that's that's easily for me how I relate best to God. Like, that's a lot of what my relationship with God is, is through that music. Mm. And then I kind of touched on it with, like, the things God provides for us. That's essentially his portion of the relationship. He created the entire world. And then also there's the obvious of he sent Jesus down Mm -hmm. to perform the greatest miracle ever and to give the biggest gift ever, which is, you know, a chance at living in eternity in heaven with him, which is something that we think of and we're like, yeah, I know, I've heard it all the time, whatever, whatever. But holy cow, forever. Forever. That's so hard long. Hard to comprehend, yeah. That's so long. <laughs> it's it's something that we should always be excited about. And, like, that's something I've struggled with. I've definitely thought, like, yeah, I've heard it. Jesus died so we can go to heaven, blah, blah, blah. Like, we all have that moment. But once you start to, like, actually think about the concept of, forever in a perfect space. Ooh, it's got to make you happy. It's got to make you happy. <laughs> I would assume so. Uh, yeah, I would do. I would assume so. So, and you and you said so um your relationship with God, but then you also said God's relationship with you. Yeah. Um kind of like I just said, I think it's a lot of what he's provided for us. Okay. I didn't know if that was what you were saying yeah. about that part. Okay. Okay, just to clarify that for me. Yeah. And then also, you know, the a few different ways he speaks to us. Um, for Noah's story that we just put to film, he, like, Noah says that God whispered to him. So there are instances of people who say God spoke to me, but something that we all have is, you know, the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another big thing that sometimes, especially with people who, like, doubt it and try and, like, debunk Christianity, be like, a bunch of people wrote this. Potentially. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, that's what you think, but the way that we see it is God spoke through these people, which is amazing and Gosh dang it, I I wish I had written some of the Bible. (laughs) That'd be cool. Imagine the responsibility, though. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Hey, well, just give it to God, right? I mean, for real, yeah. I mean, that's probably why they had the responsibility in the first place. Yeah. Never thought about that. Yeah. Never thought about that. They were people who just gave everything to God, probably, wrote most of the Bible. I mean, David, um, Moses, Abraham. Yeah. I don't know if Abraham wrote any of it. Just let God work through me. Mm-hmm. So, 
Dang. Yeah, I think it's crazy to think. I think it's crazy to think about those things. Definitely. So, um, since you're so involved in this podcast, you basically know most of the content we've done, released and unreleased. Yeah. Um. Um. And we talk about certain ways that we would respond to things. Um. In a different way. Um. And then we talked about like what would be interesting to talk about, and you said. Um, one thing that would be interesting to talk about is God's love to humanity through gifts and talents. Yeah. 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 Big fan of that. Big fan of that. <laughs> I am too. And I can hear it even before we brought this up um, in the way that your relationship is with God already. Um, so talents, what are they? Are they the same as gifts? Speaking, of course, you know, gifts and talents in the, in the same definition almost. So. Are they the same? Are, are they different? Um, I, think, I think there's something different. I think there's, I mean, when I say talent, I sort of also say skill. Okay. Because I think that a talent, you can have natural talent, but I think that's a gift. Mm, okay. And then there's, you know, the idea of like, worked for talent like if somebody were to say to me or if somebody were to say to like robert de niro wow you're talented well of course he is he's been working for decades in the film industry he's been acting for so long like his whole life he wasn't perfect at the start he's still not perfect but he's grown he's worked on it he's developed his skill he's developed his talent and so i think that that's separate from gifts I mean, God gives everybody gifts. I, I wrote down a verse while I was thinking about this. Um, well, it's a few verses. Can, can I read verses? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. I thought you were about to say no. I was like, oh, dang, copyright? <laughs> I don't think the, the Bible. Bible's copyrighted. Yeah, it's past that date. We're good. Also, when you're quoting something, copyright's a little different. True, yeah. Um, but I was looking at First Corinthians 12 which is talking about, like, gifts given by the Spirit. And it's talking about how there's, like, there's kinds of different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And then they go through and list out, like, to one there's given the Spirit of message of wisdom, another of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by some Spirit, and healing and miraculous powers, prophecy, and there's just, like, so many different things, which those are all spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. and, you can see, and you can see in certain instances, instances them applying to just, like, what I would consider normal, more normal gifts. Because, um, like, there's, there's a little bit of overlap within certain ones. Um, healing. I think there's the spiritual sense of healing, you know, working miracles, like healing the blind sort of thing. But then also people are given the gift of like being able to study so well and learn things of the human body. So your doctors and your nurses, I think they have a gift of healing as well. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a, a little bit more of a mixture of a talent and a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that you still have to work for, but God's like providing the foundation for that, and so he, he, you get to you get to like work with God 
and then also you get to do a little bit of work yourself and it's this fun back and forth and it's everybody giving a hundred percent effort, which is super cool. So yeah, I love that. How do you, how do you feel about, um, people who have gifts and then don't use them or they don't know they have them? Ooh. Um, well, for people, two separate questions, yeah, of course, but yeah, um, we'll start with the first one for people who have them and don't use them. Um, it's it's sad. Mm-hmm. Do you think they feel sad too? Yeah, generally, I I feel like people who have gifts and they don't use them, it's because somebody shot them down. Mm. Um. Like, I'm sure the greatest actor alive will probably never act. He's probably tried. And somebody said to him, you're never going to make it. Do you know how difficult this is? I mean, so then, boom, there goes that. I think somebody who um, who has the gift of preaching, they probably wrote a sermon, and it wasn't the best thing ever. And somebody probably critiqued them, and it killed their spirits. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's sad because they have it. They know it's there. They know that they can. It's just the fear of that same. Rejection. Yeah, that rejection, that critique. And then for people who don't know they have it, um, I think at some point, at some point in everybody's lives, they're going to they're going to learn. It may not be till you're in your 60s that you realize, holy cow, I can paint. Mm-hmm. Or wow, I, I'm an architect. This is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But at, at some point, I think you're going to find your spark. I think everybody's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does, yeah, I do question that 100% of the not 100% of the time, but I, I definitely question it in certain circumstances because somebody who lives in Antarctica in an igloo, I don't know if that's a thing. I'm assuming it is. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think anybody in an igloo, I mean, living in an igloo is also in Antarctica, but what? it's a lot of scientists that are in Antarctica. Uh, yeah, you know, but so, someone's probably <laughs> out there. Like that person's probably never going to, I don't know, Play basketball. So it's probably not the greatest circumstances mm-hmm. out there. So, you know, athletic ability, they can have it, but they may not know, like, what their best use of it could be. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I I feel, I honestly feel worse for the people who have it and don't use it. Yeah. There's something so sad about that. Do you think there's something to be said about um when they get shot down or something happens and they get discouraged that um, God still gave them that gift and they can still use it even though they feel discouraged? Yeah. Um, A lot of that, not a lot of it, but in in certain scenarios, a lot of it can boil down to mental health, Mm. I think. Somebody who has... Um, you know, anxiety or depression or things of that sort, 
it's going to affect them a lot harder getting that rejection versus somebody who's, you know, mentally healthier. Um, because it, it's going to be a little easier to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Uh, being somebody who's like dealt with depression and anxiety for years. I I had been told like, are you sure you want to do this? I don't think you have a shot at it. Talking about the film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's so cutthroat. Everybody tries to do it. And like that hurt. So that's where that probably happened when I was like 13. And that's around when I was like, okay, interior design then. And so for four years, almost, I was like, I'm going to do interior design because I'm never going to make it. Mm-hmm. And then slowly as time went on, I could see like that spark like coming back up and just like trying to reignite itself and God like pushing like, come on, come on, you can do it. And eventually we hit that point where, yeah, yeah, yeah. thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I was going to wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just eventually got to that point to where I was like, this, this is what I need to do. Yeah. So for those out there who probably feel discouraged and they, and they believe that their gift isn't being used because of they were burned or in the past, or they were discouraged in some way. Um, I think finding that relationship with God, I think is also important Mm -hmm. to helping build that talent or gift. Mm-hmm. Don't you think so? Yeah. I mean, God's not going to let you waste your life. Mm-hmm. Or waste it, your gift. Or waste your gift. So if you are working not for yourself, but working for God, then he's going to help you rejuvenate that gift or work towards it and like have that realization come for you. But if you're working for yourself, it's going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. I. I don't think this for me, but like, let's say the scenario where I've had God telling me, no, don't go into the film industry. Don't do it. That's not what I'm calling you to do. And I do it anyways. I, I, it's, not what, it's not what I'm supposed to do. And so God may intervene. He may not. But like, God will help you. If you are called to do something and you're working for God, he will reward you. Um, Actually, holy cow, another verse that I had written down a while back in Matthew 6. And I'm going to replace one word because I think it, it helps it fit this. Be careful not to practice your gifts in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. I replace gifts with righteousness. Because I think it's, they, they're they sort of one in the same, but completely different. Um, <laughs> it's, it's saying, like, it goes on in verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So it's not doing it for yourself or to impress others it's doing it for god and it's doing it like humbly Mm -hmm. because it says it goes on to say but when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret then your father 
who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So when you're working on things with God or for God, he's going to see that. And he's going to help you in those moments versus, you know, the earthly things you may gain Mm -hmm. from working for yourself. So so let's say I have a gift in, I don't know, um, business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I don't go into business and I find it okay. It's fine. You know, whatever, whatever. Um, they just see the struggles of what they're doing as just regular struggles and not signs of God. Mm-hmm. Um, how, I guess the question is for people who don't know what signs of God look like or whatever, how do they know sometimes what their gift is or are they just doing something that maybe it is their gift, but they're just struggling with it. Yeah. Um, especially for something using your example of business. Business is such a different sort of thing from, you know, one of the arts, if mm-hmm. you want to say, because it's not showy, mm-hmm. but your gift could be, Communication. So working in business, whether it's like marketing or if it's just like sales or you're on the phone with somebody helping somebody with something, customer service, whatever it is, like you could be using your gift in that moment. Your gift could be communication. It could be um, loving others and helping people with the things that they need help with, and you're doing that on the daily. It may not seem like, oh my goodness, this is a gift from God sort of thing. Like, every, it is. Y- your gift is does not have to be something that is extravagant or huge on the outside. You know, helping an individual person is going to affect that person. That's a big change as is. Being able to affect one person in a positive way that points them towards Christ, that's using your gift for God. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's how I see that. Yeah, I think gifts and talents are something that is very hard to understand, I think, in the church and in the faith because I feel there's this unbalance of understanding of what they are. Mm-hmm. And then I think alongside that there's an un, unbalance, imbalance, sorry, not unbalance, <laughs> imbalance of what pride and humbleness looks like. Yeah. Cause I'm sure I'm going to talk about it on this podcast eventually, but the ideas of it's, it's fine to take pride in something. Because if you don't take pride in anything, then you don't feel like it's ever good enough. And if it is, it, it probably is good enough. And, you know, and just I think about that when it comes to God, then you'll feel like you're never good enough for God. So I think this idea of preaching that pride is bad, I think taking pride in something is different than being prideful. Yeah. And so rabbit trail, but... um. It kind of boils down to the same thing as, like, gifts and talents in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, people who are 
talented or gifted in a certain aspect of their life, um, shouldn't we putting be putting those people in those positions? A lot mm-hmm. of times we don't, sadly, in the church, I think, um, because of maybe their past, maybe the way they look, yeah. maybe their political beliefs, sadly. You know, it's just like sometimes I just wonder about where the church actually is going in the direction of talents and gifts because I've seen many times where you'll have someone who um, a lot of people think are anointed and they've been told that they're anointed and talented and gifted in worship music per se and that they're really good at it. And when they do it, they are able to bring this immensity of God's love to people when they do it. And then the church tells them that they can't because maybe they were too fat or maybe they were, um, they, they, I don't know, something else, you know, or let's say it's, uh, cooking, you know, this idea of you're preparing food that, um, people keep saying is amazing and so on and so forth. And you're not taking any sort of pride in what you're doing. I think it can be harmful to, um, people who don't realize that, some things are really, really good what they do because they're gifted in that. And -hmm. sometimes it takes another relationship Mm -hmm. to help open those people's eyes to the reality of that their God given gifts, you know? Um, And I think sometimes that relationship with God can help them open their eyes as well. And I think that's why relationships are so important because if we're only uh, ever believing the thoughts that we have about ourselves, it's going to be hypercritical. We're our mm. own, we're our worst critics. Absolutely. We um, will always end up saying something negative about ourselves in any way, any shape or form or possible. And I think to attach to that, sorry, this tangent, to attach to that in the church, this idea of not accepting gifts. Yeah. And not like, I'm not talking about talents, gifts, and that definition. I'm going to talk about like physical gifts or yeah. compliments. I feel like there's this like, misunderstanding of humbleness you know it's Mm -hmm. okay to accept things okay you're by not accepting it i don't think you're practicing humbleness i think you're practicing pride about your humbleness you're prideful about how humble you are if you refuse gifts from people i personally believe um because i've seen it way too many times if somebody is donating money to you because they feel like you need that money at the moment don't say oh blah 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 don't take away their blessing to you mm. because yeah. one, it'll make them feel bad. And two, maybe you actually do need it. And maybe it's something yeah. you actually don't want to admit that you need. So yeah. that could be a whole nother episode in itself about <laughs> different type of gift and talent. Yeah. Um, this is actual physical gifts, but yeah, I pride, mean, humbleness, all that together. Absolutely. And another thing that I think the church especially struggles with when we think about spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. the ones that come to mind for people most of the time is, ooh, you're somebody who prophesies or you're somebody who speaks in tongues. And those are like ele- elevated. Yeah. Those are held in such a high place mm-hmm. that thinking, oh, I have a gift in communication with others or in working with others. People are like, that's not a gift. That's not a gift. And it's like, yes, it is. Absolutely it is. The amount of people 
who speak in tongues is far less than the amount of people who are good and loving and like work well with others. Here's why. Because that is a little more niche. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a lot more niche. The tongues? <laughs> yeah, speaking yeah. in tongues. And it's not meant to be something that everybody's like, look at what I can do. Oh, you want me to speak in tongues? I need to speak in tongues for this moment. What the world needs a lot more of the time mm-hmm. is going to be those sim- quote-unquote simpler gifts. And so we need to appreciate those small things mm-hmm. because they're not really small. No. I think, I think yeah, there's this elevation of certain spiritual gifts when some of the most universal ones are the more important. Like, I think there's a misunderstanding of balancing these gifts. We don't know how God balances yeah. gifts or how where he gives them out to, where he gives them out to, and all that. But, like, I'm sure there's a balancing game of gifts, mm-hmm. you know, because the amount of people that you need to speak in tongues— to the amount of people you need to have good communication with or the amount of people who uh, are are gifted in good food or gifted in good preaching or in yeah. gifted in uh, just giving. Yeah. You know, those people are so important. And I think sometimes it is lost sight of in the church um, of certain things. So Yeah, because we see something, when we see less of something, we think, oh, wow. This is like such a, once again, I'm going to use the word niche area. Mm-hmm. God must have specifically chosen this person because he thinks that they're better than me at this. It's like very rarely are you going to see God, quote unquote, picking favorites. Yeah. And and you can see it even in um, in just regular day life. Let's just not even talk about spiritual gifts, but the idea of... We see something less, so it must be more important. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of, um, um, I don't know, a specialized doctor in uh, uh, geriatric, uh, soco, uh, geriatric uh, neuroendocrinology. You know, like that's a specific thing. Yeah, it's less of them, but we also need more of the physicians, mm-hmm. you know, because if we all specialized in that one rare thing or we all wanted to specialize in that one rare thing, not even talk about spiritual gifts, if we all went to college for that one rare thing, we would lose the structure yeah. of the caregivers at the, at the, at the front lines. Exactly. And yeah. I think if we think about that with spiritual gifts, if we all strive for this one thing, then we're going to lose the protection at the front lines of mm-hmm. God's body. Every part of the body is important. And I think that is one of the biggest problems that I think a lot of people face is that we always prioritize one member over the other when literally the body of Christ cannot work out without that one member. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we're coming to a close of the episode here. Um, Don't worry. You work with me all the time. I'm sure we'll do another one. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited to do another one. This one was really good. Um, So my final question for you is this. If there's one thing you've learned from your experiences in life that helps you envision your relationship with God, 
what is it and how can we turn it into a possible spiritual discipline? Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned, and I'm so lucky that it fits in with this topic we're talking about, um, I think it's recognizing the things God's provided. Um, I used to be somebody, my mom would obsess with taking pictures of the sunset and looking at the sunset and just admiring it. And I thought it was the dumbest thing. I'm like, I've seen better. Or it happens like every night. What's the big deal? I mean, you ever looked at the sunset? It's a pretty big deal. It is. One, how beautiful it looks. Two, the fact that it happens every day. And none of them will be the same. It's like a new piece of yeah. artwork every single night. And we don't and die from it. Yeah. Holy cow, you see the sun over there? It's big. We're not dead yet. There's a reason. <laughs> um, so just like seeing that and even seeing that within people, you know, whether or not you're a Christian, you're going to have talents. Mm-hmm. I still believe God has provided you because we, God knew us before we were conceived, you know, he was knitting me together in my mother's womb. Like he knew like Billie Eilish was going to sing one day. Like just because she's not a Christian doesn't mean you can't appreciate the gifts and the skills that she has. That's something that I think people need to realize a lot more and something that we need to take into account because when we're praying a lot to sort of wrap this up when when we're praying a lot of times it's you'll say god thank you for this day and this opportunity to be here help me too or please help blah 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 you know a, a lot of times we're asking god for things which yes go to god with those things that you have but also don't forget the same God who's going to help you has helped you all these times before. Mm-hmm. He's given you breath in your lungs every day. You know, it's a, the, spirit, the spiritual practice that I'm saying is praise God. Do it in everything that you do, but especially focus on, focus on it when you're going into times of prayer or times of worship. Um, there's a lot of Christian songs that ask for God to do things, but there's also a ton of songs that are, thank you, God, for this. Thank you for this. You know, talking about the mountains and the seas and the stars, all of that. So there's something to be said about appreciating God's design mm-hmm. in, in people and in creation in general. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kale, for joining me on this episode. Yeah, I'm so glad you had me. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm going to have you again, I'm sure. Yay. Um, that is if you want to do it. But No, absolutely. Okay. There's well, no chance. I'm <laughs> anyway, so that's it, everybody. I'm leaving now. <laughs> All right, no, guys, um, I'm going to start hosting the podcast now. <laughs> All right. Kale's taking over, everyone. All right. <laughs> no, I'll still be here. Um, 
thank you again. And um, to all those out there. Oh, you want me to say something? Sure. Um, God made you special and he loves you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>